1: 708 on a Saturday morning, 61 degrees outside, not a bad day at all, sunny and, well, it's going to be in the mid-60s this afternoon. If you have a question about gardening, anything you want to do or want to avoid making a mistake, if you're a beginner gardener, if you just don't know quite where to start, I'm the guy. I'm here. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener. My number is easy to remember, 404 872 0-7-50. We go to the phones. we got lots of them hanging on here, but we'll be with them as f- fast as we possibly can. Susan is in Lilburn first, and she joins us. Hey, Susan. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help?
2: Uh, I have a moss garden, and I'm wondering if I can put pre-emergent on it.
1: To my knowledge, you can. Um, wow. What kind of weeds are you trying to prevent?
2: They're little grasses. They look like uh, fescue, but they're not.
1: Right. I'll tell you something that I discovered last year was that you can actually spray Roundup on a moss garden and it doesn't affect the moss. In my case, it did not affect that particular species of moss at all. Period. Zero. Really? Yeah. And so they had little, it was panic grass, one of the sort of clumping small patches yeah. of grass that were in Carl. This is on my neighbor across the street's backyard where he has all the moss. And so I had heard that Roundup would not hurt moss, and I thought, well, Carl, can I try it? Oh yeah, go ahead. And so Carl, <laughs> let me spray his grass back there. And I didn't spray heavily, but I sprayed enough. So I knew the grass blades were wet, and went back in a week or so. They were all brown. The moss looked perfectly green. Oh, I might try that. May try that too. All right. Okay. Well, all right. Thank you very much. You're Susan. Thanks for calling. Bye. Uh, bye. Ray is out in Sandy Springs, and he joins us. Hey, Ray. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, Ray?
3: So my zoysia, like everything else, is, seems ahead of schedule, uh, yeah. Can I fertilize and scalp now.
1: Mm, 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 mm. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I think we better wait on both of them. And I'll tell you why. I'm, decisions have to be made, and this is this is why I'm thinking this. If If we get really cold weather, and it doesn't look like we're going to get really cold weather, I recognize, but if we get cold weather, it would really not be happy for the zoysia to get down to 25 degrees once it's been scalped. Once you've exposed the crown of the zoysia, it's not going to be that happy to be at cold temperatures. And you don't have to do it right now. It's not going to particularly make it green up faster, although it is greening up faster than it normally would. Yes, I recognize, but it's not going to make you two months ahead of your neighbors. And the same thing goes with fertilization. It's not yet greened up enough to absorb fertilizer. So why would I tell Ray to put any fertilizer down right now when I know that until it's, gosh, Ray, 80 to 90% green? That's when the roots are big enough in absorbing fertilizer and all. So fertilizing now is sort of wasting your time and money. So I would, Ray... Give it a couple of weeks if you can. I mean, if you just can't and just got to, then go ahead and do it. I'm not going to come out and police you or anything, but my advice would be to give it a couple of weeks.
3: Great. Uh, thank right. you. You That's, know, Walter, the goal is to stay ahead of your neighbors so. <laughs> in gardening.
1: That's exactly right, Ray. Right. I'm trying my best. That's why all my neighbors, I do the experiments on their yard. <laughs> <laughs> I do my experiments on Carl and Gus's yard, and I don't do anything to mine that I don't know will work. Before I do it to myself, I've done it somebody else. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling, Ray. Donna is up and coming. Hey, Donna, good morning. Donna? Donna, Here, are yes. you paying attention? Hey, Donna, good morning.
2: Morning. Well, I want to ask a question about Fruit tree. Sure, I have. Um, I have apple tree, I have pear tree, and I actually have peach tree.
4: Yeah,
2: um, only had them a year. Last year I had tremendous amount of fruit on the pear and the apple tree. Oh, terrific. But they need pruning terribly. They're very out of out of control. I read up and I read that you should prune them towards the end of winter, which is, I was thinking, maybe March time frame, now my fruit trees are starting to bloom. Yeah. And I don't know if it's too late to prune them.
1: I don't think it is. I think you better go ahead and get her done now, though. And obviously, you can see the flowers, so you know what to try to avoid pruning. But pruning is the kind of thing that it... If you don't do it now, then next year you're going to regret you're not pruning now, so you might as well go ahead and do it. You'll still have apples and pears and peaches on there. Um, and I particularly want to emphasize the, the water sprouts, so the vertical branches that come in the middle of the tree and sort of go shooting up about three feet. They are not going to make much fruit, and they can come out. So you can take the water sprouts out at the very beginning and not shed a tear for them. Uh, mm-hmm. If there are any branches that just go straight across From one side of the tree to the other side of the tree Cut them out They're never going to have any fruit on them either And if you want to leave it at that And wait maybe till after fruiting And do a little more pruning then You don't have to do all of your pruning at one whack You can do it now and then another time in the summer No problem
2: Oh, I can prune in the summer Okay, okay. Wait, if I have a limb that's long Because the trees were planted I think a little too close to the driveway Quite right. honestly And they're at a place where they scratch the car Got it. If I cannot uh, would I damage the tree if I lengthened the size of the branch just coming straight to the side? You know, like, I don't know if I'm saying it appropriately, but cut them shorter?
1: Wouldn't hurt the tree as far as I can tell? No. If it's oh. scratching the car, that's a, not a limb you want. <laughs> Take that <laughs> limb off. Get it away. Yeah,
2: but I sure am loving those fruit. Yeah,
1: so. <laughs> man, you gotta, you gotta love that. And, you know, that's one of the greatest things in the world, to have planted something and to enjoy the fruit off of it. Say, I planted this apple tree. I had this peach tree. And a reminder, Miss Donna, if you are not spraying or doing something to prevent insects and diseases on peach, particularly apple to a certain extent, then one year you're going to call me back and say, Walter, my peaches are not doing well. they all got worms in them, and they got spots, and they fall off, and what's going on? And I will say, well, you remember the conversation back in 2017, Donna, when okay. I said you needed to get onto a spray program? Look on my website and just type the words uh, "peach spray." That should get you in the right pages. It'll tell you what you ought to do on the peaches.
2: Fantastic! Thank you so much.
1: All right, Donna. Don't let me call you in two years and not have any <laughs> peaches. No, I much.
2: hope I'm. I hope I'm calling you back, telling you what a great. Uh, that is fruit the I'm call.
1: Having. That is the call I want to hear. Thanks for calling, Donna. <laughs>
4: Thank you. Bye
1: bye. Tyrone, as in McDonough, instead of McDonough being in Tyrone. Hello, Tyrone. Good morning.
4: Good morning, Walter.
3: How are you doing? I'm
1: fine. How can I help, man?
3: Uh, I have um, a tree that's near my fence that is shooting out some little orange knots mm-hmm. that are right above the ground, and I'm really worried about um, they um, keeping me from mowing my yard. Eh,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: Mm, I'm trying to see what can I do about them. Uh, cut them down. Use my get out there with my axe and cut them down. Uh, is it going to hurt the tree?
1: Is this on your side of the property or your neighbor's side of the property?
3: My side of the property.
1: All right. Awesome. Great. <laughs> you can do anything you want to to your tree, but in some cases, depending on how much of the limb or the root you cut off, you can affect the health of the tree. Do you know what kind of tree it is, Tyrone?
4: Uh, no, I'm afraid I don't. I uh,
1: do no, We don't know. maple. Birch, nothing rings the bell there. The likelihood, how big do you think these knots are? The two inches, five inches, high, high off the ground? What's the story?
3: They're getting about to be, they're getting maybe a little bit more than two inches off the ground right now.
1: If this were a maple or a river birch or another vigorous, vigorous tree, I would say, you know, Tyrone, go ahead and cut them off. It's not going to hurt the tree in the least. On the other hand, if it was some rare dogwood that your mother gave you when you were 15, and here it is in <laughs> your yard, oh, not better not be not careful that. with that yeah. one. So I guess it more depends on the vigor of the tree, but in many cases I think are not as described as you have described it to me. I think I could take a little saw, or maybe one of those reciprocating saws that make it a little easier to work down there and just go, zzz, 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 cut them off and okay, see yeah, what happens, yeah. Okay. yeah.
3: I know what I'm gonna be doing
1: today. I do indeed. Wait for the sun to come up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good advice. Do it do it by the sunshine, rather than like my daddy would do. He'd put lights out there. You'd you know, plow by the light of the truck out in the middle of the uh, of the farm. So wait till the oh, sun comes up and get her done, Tyrone. All right. It's
3: not so hot, I can it. get it yeah, done. Yeah, man. All right, thanks a lot. See you man. soon. Thanks right. for
1: calling.
0: And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman
1: Security. The temperature today will not be a lot different from what it is right now. Dropping down a couple of degrees as the morning goes on, and then back up to 60, 61 degrees this afternoon. Overnight, chillier, 30s, mid to low 30s overnight. Tomorrow, about the same. Highs in the 60s and lows overnight in the 40s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Brother Lloyd in L.A., which I assume is lower Alabama. Hey, Lloyd, good morning.
4: Good morning. I have a problem with poison oak.
1: Yeah.
4: And want to get rid of it. I spray it in one place and, and uh, get it killed out, and then it pops up someplace else. Yeah. And I want to put a garden in my whole backyard and not have all the crabgrass weeds and stuff growing.
1: How much woods are around your property, would you say? Uh, Right next door. Well, that's, of course, where the poison ivy, poison oak's coming from. So they come from seed. I mean, that's how it's spread, usually, is birds eat the seeds in the fall, and then they scatter the seeds, and they sprout up, you know, sort of randomly through the rest of the year. So as long as the woods next door to you have poison ivy poison oak in them, the birds are going to continue to eat the seeds, no preventing that, and it's going to continue to come up. So I can't give you a one-shot, kills-it-all kind of thing, Lloyd. It's going to be one of those persistent, keep an eye out and pull it up with a gloved hand or spray it with Roundup or whatever you think is appropriate, but uh, that's just it's just the way it is. You got woods, you're going to have poison ivy. So...
4: Uh, is there something that
1: I could use around my asparagus? No. <laughs> You're going to have to pull it, I think. There's no chemical. I wouldn't use a chemical around asparagus. I would simply... Um, yeah, what I have done before several times is get a the Sunday paper that has a big plastic bag that the paper comes in and put that over my hand and then grab the poison ivy and sort of pull the paper and the, I mean, the plastic, I mean, over my hand and the vine and... It keeps it from contacting my skin, and then they got it sort of bagged up in the plastic, throw it in the trash can, get it away.
4: No, I didn't know that it was, I thought it was uh, just a uh, long runner root.
1: No, 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 it's seeds, seeds from birds.
4: All right, uh, uh, let me ask this. On, on my tulips, um, I did not refrigerate them, and they're coming up like two or three inches, yeah. and then poof out a, a tiny bloom and then uh, fading out.
1: When did you plant these tulips?
4: Oh, uh, about December. But we have not had any uh, cold weather. Yeah. Just uh, slight jacket weather, and, and uh, I'm very cold-natured. Yeah. Uh,
1: that could be part of the problem, Lloyd, is that there just was never enough cold temperature around the tulip bulbs. I tend to think more than lack of refrigeration had just more to do with warm soil temperatures. Not much you could do about that. This year we haven't really had winter in Alabama. We haven't had any winter in South Georgia. No winter down there to speak of. So I'm thinking it's probably not the lack of refrigeration. Don't blame yourself for that. I do think it's probably just warm soil temperatures. Hey, don't worry about it. Enjoy the flowers that do come and next year plant them, refrigerate everything that needs to be done next year and do it the right time sometime in October instead. At 728, we'll be back to more Lawn and Garden Afternoons. 7:36 and 60 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, and I'm here to help you by answering every question you have about gardening. Whether you're an experienced gardener, a beginning gardener, just getting started, looking at the seed, thinking, "What do I do with this? A bulb? What do I do with this? How do you transplant? How do you how do you divide things? If you have a question about anything that has to do with gardening, 404-872. 750. Bob is in Lawrenceville. He starts the, que- the queue this morning. Hey, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, man. What's up? I uh, bought some uh,
3: lavender uh, the other day, and I got four pots of it, and uh, um, I want to know, can I take and uh, wash the uh, dirt off those roots and split them in four? That way I have, instead of four, I have uh, doubled. And, uh, I like to spoil my wife. We only been married 53 years. Yeah. I put uh, some beautiful, uh, good smelling plants by the front door and in the front of the house. So when she opens up the door to go get the mail, that uh, she gets a whiff of. Uh, uh, I've never had lavender before, mm-hmm. but uh, and I want to buy perennial plants. And uh, is that doable?
1: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> my experience has been, I'll be. Honest Bob mm-hmm. There's only one Lavender plant per pot That's Because I'm looking The same as you I want to save A little money If there's two Or three in there you know, I'll split it out And divide into Whatever I can find But my experience So far on lavenders Has been one per pot okay. But you're right To start That's where you start Is by washing The dirt off Of the root ball And just look in there And see And we'll see What happens Okay uh,
3: But can you take Cuttings off of um, And then stick it In the soil That way With a root tone Or something mm-hmm.
1: like that I've never done it. Never done that. I don't really know the reputation for lavender as to whether it's easy to root or not. My bet would be not.
3: Uh, You know, you see those fields of lavender. You know, I wonder, do they spread like other uh,
1: plants? I'm imagining that they do cuttings and do greenhouse cultivation. And, you know, when you've got five acres of lavender, then it's easy to have a little 10 by 10 10 or 10 by 20 greenhouse and stick cuttings and take care of them. Mm -hmm. 100, 200 plants and put them in your lavender field, that's fine. But for just you, just me, uh, sticking three cuttings and trying to get all three of them to root might be not as easy as the guy with the big farm. Okay.
3: Uh, and respect for time, you, you do such a great job for the area here. Uh, you want to see a grown man cry. If you drive <laughs> down Five Forks Trickham Road from uh, Ronald Reagan down to Killian Hill, uh-huh. uh, can you imagine a uh, White and pink dogwood, big around as a bushel basket. Wow. They, they widened the road, came down through there and cut down four of those big dogwood trees like that. They're white and pink mixed, yeah. over 50 years old, and then two magnolias uh, the same way, big around as a bushel basket. And what? Uh, it, it's just heartbreaking. I wish I could have took and had somebody with a crank and dig them up and give them to somebody, you know, yeah, but uh, it's
1: been just cost prohibitive. I know we, we regret the way that progress comes I have some houses that were built near my house and uh, saw the trees come down that were there and quite honestly most of the trees were little pines two to, to, to uh, they were probably 50 feet high and 60 feet high maybe pine trees. And that's not the most valuable tree in the world. There are a bunch of other little junky trees in the middle river birch and things like that that really didn't have a lot of value, weren't shaped very nicely. And I thought to myself, I hate for the trees to go. Yes, I do. On the other hand, progress is going to happen whether we like it or not. And the houses that are going up are nice, pretty houses, and they're going to have trees in front of them. And hopefully within 10 or 15 years, those trees will look nice in front of those houses. I can't get in the way too much of progress. Although, like you, I do hate it when I see a real pretty tree taken down for just something for the roads to be widened. But Somebody's got to go from Killian Hill down the way. Somebody's sitting in traffic thinking, I wish they would widen this road and that dogwood. That dogwood can go. Margaret is in Carrollton, Georgia. She's not in the way of progress in Carrollton, Georgia. Hey, Margaret. Good morning. Good
2: morning, Walter. Thank you so much. How can I help? Um, Actually, I have two questions, and I will make them very quick.
4: Number one. One of them
2: is because of, obviously, the warmer weather, um, I didn't have a chance to prune my butterfly bushes. Can I do that now?
1: Yes, I know it's got leaves all over it I know it It does, does. mine does too And I cut it down Tuesday or Wednesday of this past week Down to 18 inches Because I know that the rewards of doing that now Are going to be so many more flowers And so many more butterflies in June and July So I did it anyway Even with all the leaves on it, I did it anyway
2: Great, the other quick question is I have boxwoods out In front of my house And they have been Dying off Mm-hmm. And I went to go cut them out, and they just pulled right out, which tells me maybe that there's some kind of critter eating the roots or...
1: This is certainly a time for vole, V-O-L-E, vole critters to be out chewing on the roots and stems of uh, woody plants. It could be. When is you... there
2: any other? I mean, it's been going on for, I don't know, the last six eight months.
1: Uh, when you say you pull it right out, what does the stem look like at ground <clears throat> level? Is it just broken off? Has it got any root attached to it? What's this, what's this?
2: No, no, no root attached to it.
1: Go on my website and type the word V O L E in okay. there and you'll see pictures And if they look like the pictures that I have on my website, that's what you have. Vols. How do you get rid of them? Mouse traps. They are a uh-huh. meadow mouse type creature, four-legged creature, and uh, as you discovered, if it is a vole, they do like to chew the bottom of camellias and nandina and apple trees, and I can name three or four camellias. Uh, Lots of things that they'd like to chew on the bottom of, and right now is the time to do it because there's not much else for them to eat, no seeds, nothing that they can eat as they're hungry and trying to establish their spring and summer life. Um, so mouse traps, and put a cardboard box over the top so that the mouse trap can't catch a bird or something like that. Bait it with peanut butter, put six or seven on the landscape, and capture your mice or voles and get rid of them.
2: Is there anything that they don't like to eat that I can replace?
1: Specifically, I don't know. My bet is pine trees. <laughs> they don't much care for pine trees, I don't think. But they certainly eat roses. Man, they like roses. Great.
2: Ah, uh, great. All mm-hmm. right. Well, uh, thank you so much.
1: Vold is my guest, but look on my website, see if the symptoms match, and we'll see if you have voles or not. I sure will. Thank no. you. Thanks for calling, Margaret. David's next in the line. David's out in Kennesaw. Hey, David. Morning. Hey. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help?
3: Um, I've got a Bermuda yard, and I started getting some weeds in it, yeah. and I put weed and feed on it. Uh, stay Green weed and feed in uh, lawn fertilizer and weed <sighs> control. It's a 2804. Yeah. And um, I was wondering, do I need to put uh, HALT's uh, pre-emergent on it also?
1: So when did you put the stay green down?
3: Uh, yesterday.
1: I wish you'd talk to me on Thursday. I think that weed and feeds at this time of the year are pretty much going to be working at cross-purposes across to each other because right now the Bermuda is not able to absorb much fertilizer. And so the only thing that is absorbing fertilizer are the weeds, and the weeds then that strengthens them so they can resist the weed and the weed control part of the product you put down. And so I am not a big believer in putting weed and feeds down early on Bermuda grass or Zoysia or Centipede or St Augustine because they simply are putting down the fertilizer at a time when really the only thing really growing vigorously is the weed. So, uh, yeah. there you go. All right, you've already done I it. I'm put not going to yell office too office. much about that, David. You just did. Um, yeah. Next year, you know better. Uh, <laughs> as far as the pre-emergent goes, I'm assuming that this weed and feed, the Stay Green, is a broadleafed weed killer. Is that correct from the label? Do you remember?
3: Uh, I've got the bag in front of me here. Let's see, kills toughest weeds like clovers and dandelions. Yeah,
1: All right. uh, that's, that's what it is. It has 2,4-D and dicamba maybe in it to control broadleaf weeds. Um, so, yes, go ahead and put a pre-emerge down because a pre-emerge will prevent the seeds coming up. And the seeds, you don't know where they are, but there's some seeds out there, I'm sure, in your lawn. And we need to prevent those from coming up, and the pre-emerge will help you do that.
3: When should I put fertilizer down again?
1: Let's see, we got it now in February. Let's do it again about six to eight weeks later. So, February, end of February, end of March, end of April. So, end of April, first of May. Okay. Thank you very much for and your time. Most years, we'll put a weed killer, straight weed killer only, out right now. Another, and you could do the Weed Be Gone Max or the uh, Bonide... Eyed. Um, Weed Beater Ultra that Pike sells or the uh, Bayer Season Long Weed Control, both of those, all three of those work fine to be put down without fertilizer now, pre-emerged now as well, except at least the Bayer product controls weeds uh, from pre-emerging, from sprouting as well. The fertilizer really ought to be put out when the Bermuda grass is about 80% green, and that's not going to be until April probably this year. So that's what you're a little bit early on doing, David. Okay. Thank you very much. Live and learn. That's what I say. Live and learn. Learn a little bit more, David. Thanks for calling. I
3: should should have went to Pike's and listened to them in the beginning, but I went to the big (laughs) national store where I couldn't find anybody to help me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you can call me any Saturday you want to. If you want to call me and ask (laughs) David, (laughs) I'll tell you what to do and when to do it. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for calling. 404 872 gets you in to take that slot. we got Cal in Holly Springs. Hey, Cal. Morning.
4: Hey, uh, hey, appreciate you taking my call.
1: Sure, Cal. Uh,
3: uh, I have, over the years, had a problem with wild onions, mm. and I attempted to keep them pulled out in the spring, but uh, they've just overwhelmed me. Looks like somebody went out there and uh, seed them like a pea patch, Yeah, I mean, they're just overrunning. And uh, I'd like to know if there's a weed killer that I can use on them that won't that won't bother my. I got a combination of some fescue and Bermuda grass, ah. and I don't want to harm those.
1: All right, you're a and- smart man to ask the question, Cal, because. The product that I would normally recommend for onion control in Bermuda grass will kill the fescue dead, And <laughs> so we're not going to use that. Um, so Image is the product I was thinking of. Image for nutgrass says on the label also kills wild onions and things like that, and also says do not use on fescue; is not good for fescue. So if we don't do that because we read the label and follow the label. Um, any of the three weed killers I mentioned previously: the Bonide Weed Beater Ultra bear season-long weed control or the Ortho Weed Gone Max. Any of those three will control onions. The key really is being persistent because it just takes a while for onions finally to get under control. They didn't just pop up in one year, Cal. You know it. They took two or three or four years to get to the spot you are now. So it's going to take two or three or four years of being persistent with the weed killers to get rid of the onions. So are, is that uh,
3: those weed killers... Do they work best when the, when the plant has grown out Yes. has lots of greenery on it? Right now. Okay. Very good.
1: All right. Appreciate your help. Drive safely, Cal. We'll see you soon. Uh, have a good one. It's 748 at News Talk WSB. We'll
0: be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need.
4: They put a parking lot on a piece of land Where the supermarket used to stand and a quick
1: weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be not much change in the temperature this afternoon than it is right now. 60, no, it was 60 degrees. It's going down right now to 58 degrees. Back up to 60 in the afternoon. Down to a chilly mid-30s, mid to low 30s tonight. I don't think you need to protect any plants particularly unless you jumped the gun and planted tomatoes last week. You probably should cover them. But uh, tomorrow's going to be about the same highs in the 60s, lows around 40 overnight tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Jim is in Athens, the classic city. Hey, Jim, good morning.
5: Good morning. My friends call me Mr. Jim. It's kind of a nickname. <laughs> Mr. I
1: have my Jim, own how can I help? business
5: here in town, and I do a number of things inside and outside of properties. I have a new property I'm taking care of. Yeah and the shrubs and bushes around the outside of the property have not been tended to in years um i cut the ones in, in the front are very thick and once i cut that the one in front of the other when i cut the ones in the back off uh there are, of course no leaves that you can see at all underneath right and the, where it has overgrown the front bush it, uh, the, only, the front bushes only have leaves on the front where, where it got light, and where the one was overgrown, it has nothing. Now, after I cut that back, part of the... Wait, wait, wait. wait. So
1: let's get to the question. I not have a lot of time here, Jim, so what's the question? Okay. Um,
5: normally, this is the right time to cut them back because it's still cold, and, and they will uh, regrow quickly at this time. However, since it's been so warm, is it too late to cut everything back?
1: I don't think so. I think even though, yes, it's been warm earlier than we thought it would be at this time of year for February, yeah, we're all sort of curious about why it's so warm. But even so, you got to prune them. Some of these things are overgrown. They have to be pruned if you're going to keep them under control and your clients are going to be happy with you. So even waiting now until after some growth has already started on these shrubs, I think you're not going to hurt anything by going ahead and pruning what you need to prune and let them regrow in March. I appreciate it. Jim, wait, my friend, I've got one more thing. This is just for you and for all of my listeners as well. If you go to my website, WalterReeves.com, and type one word, calendars, plural, calendars, I've got a lawn care calendar for every grass you'll ever have in Georgia and a shrub pruning calendar that'll tell you exactly when and how much and why and how to prune all the shrubs you might run into. So just go print that out, put it in the truck, and if somebody on your client list says, when do you prune X or why are you going to prune this now, bring out the list and say, this is why, because that nice man in Atlanta said to do it now. Calendars at WalterReeves.com. It's 757 at News Talk WSB. we got more questions coming down the pike. We'll be back right after news.